Hey, this is Omar, and this is, and that's okay. You're listening to a podcast about life, mental health, and taking care of ourselves. Hi, welcome back. Um, This is Omar again, and we have Amara and Martha back for another episode to talk about emotional capacity. Um, So we're going to move from co-workers to friends or a significant other and having emotional capacity with that. So outside of work, how are we navigating our own emotional capacity within that? I'm going to, again, go over the definition that we talked about prior to. Of course, prior before I get into that, we're going to try to avoid saying names. We're going to avoid talking about the name of our job or the name of people. And then this is a podcast we're not diagnosing anybody, of course, and that we are going to give suggestions, and these are just suggestions um, or things that we've tried in life. So the definition uh, that we were talking about previously was with emotional capacity, the ability to hold one's own emotions while also trying to navigate others. You guys still think that's a good definition? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, to get right into this, how do you, with emotional capacity and self-care, with a friend, or I know we don't have to go too deep into this with a, like, significant other, hold that, um, and what is your experience in that? You know, I think we're all very different in this area, so I can only speak um, to myself, but... I am the type of person who, you know, I I feel I'm a really good listener and I have a lot of friends who feel comfortable and safe coming to me um, to vent or to talk, whatever it may be. Um, and I love being that type of friend. You know, I think that's one of the reasons I'm in mental health and working with people and, you know, wanting to help people however I can. And I create and make space for my friends to be able to come to me and to talk. And it generally is a positive experience. And I feel I have the emotional capacity and the space for those friends. Um, I would say that sometimes, you know, I've learned over the years that I become a little frustrated when certain friends come to me with the same issue or problem over and over again, but they're unwilling to either take my advice or make any changes. And that's when I start to lose the capacity and the space to hear from my friends. And I don't know if anyone else has felt that way. (laughs) I mean, I feel very similar to you in all those aspects. I think that I also... I'm someone that I am a good listener, and so I have a lot of friends um, who know that they can come to me with anything that they're going through. 
Um, and I enjoy being able to do that for them. Um, but I also do have those people in my life that it's like the same thing over and over. And of course I'm like offering advice and support, but then there, it gets to a point where it's like, I feel like you just more need somebody to listen and not really problem solve. So sure. I'll sit here and listen to you because I am your friend and I enjoy your presence. But as long as that's not like the only thing that we ever talk about, um, that I think I still am able to do that. Okay. Most of the time. But yeah, then there's those people that it's like, every time I see you, you are complaining about your life and that's not a like fun or positive experience for me. Um, and you also don't hold space for my emotions. So it's not a two way street of like, you can sit and complain about something that's going on for you. We'll chat about it and then I'll say something that's going on for me and we'll figure it out. Um, so I think in those relationships is important that both people have the emotional capacity for each other so that there's, it's not just one person is always draining the other because I've experienced that and it's not very fun. Right. And I think you actually bring up a good point, what you mentioned earlier. You know, I think when someone, a friend is coming to you and bringing up whatever they're talking to you about or talking about an issue or a problem, I think a good way to respond is ask, are you wanting mm-hmm. me just to listen or are you wanting advice? Yeah. And that puts it all out there. And then we're really clear on what are they looking for? Cause I think you're right. Sometimes they don't want advice. They yeah. just want. And I feel like that's it. important with like friendships and romantic relationships because I feel like that's a thing I've like even heard my parents, <laughs> my mom will be venting about something and my dad will try and be like, well, here's how you could solve that. And she will straight up be like, <laughs> I don't need you to problem solve right now. I just need you to listen. And they'll be like, okay. And then they move on. Um, So yeah, I think that's really important in all relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it sounds like there has to be this kind of reciprocal type of relationship that we're talking about where um, we're asking these questions and we, we feel safe enough to open up and talk to someone, but also... Um, knowledgeable enough to open the door to ask that person if they're ready for that. And and our relationships, um, friendships, set up in a way in which they can be that way. Have you ever run into a, and I know we hinted at this, a more one-sided type of um, experience within that? And how does that make you feel and how, how do you navigate that? just draining yeah I have a personal I had a personal experience with a friend of mine who we were good friends and I was always there to listen and to support him and you know we got to a point that I realized you know this was not two-sided and like you said he wasn't available to hear me and support me when I needed that and eventually unfortunately our friendship ended and I think I have a lot of space and a lot of capacity for people but when that's not reciprocated it's it's a shitty feeling and it's hard to want to continue with that friendship when it's you know it's not two-sided yeah I think in the past when I've been in that situation I've definitely 
like you have to check in with yourself and figure out like is this something that I actually can do or if it's consistently that shitty feeling every time you see them it gets to a point where like for my own mental health and well-being I need to not be in this friendship anymore um and like that's not a great feeling but I think it's always important to do what's best for yourself because if you're always around people who are taking all of the emotional capacity out of you, but not around people who are helping you grow your emotional capacity, um, then it's just not going to be a good situation. So back to like what you said in the the first episode where we talked about like emotional capacity with coworkers, you got to start with self first is what I'm hearing. And it also sounds like you have to have this, this dialogue in your head as you're going along within these relationships and which you have to do a check-in and say to yourself, how is this working out? And how is this working out for me? How is this working out for them? And if I am feeling like it's one-sided, how do I either connect with this person and then rebuild on this? Or do I just have to move on? Um, and it sounds like you've both experienced that. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. So, when it comes to boundaries, how do you practice that? How do you set those things up at the beginning of a friendship or beginning of a relationship? Or if you haven't done it yet, how do you implement that in? What are, what are some things that you guys have done? Um, I learned that it's much easier to put up those boundaries and have those difficult conversations with friends that you have known for a long time those Mm -hmm. deeper connections whereas newer friends or more surface level friends some of those intense conversations don't happen or it's uncomfortable to have those but I have had a few conversations with friends that I've had for decades and they are uncomfortable I will say that um it's hard to put up boundaries, I think, in general. But with friends, I think it's even harder because there aren't those said rules. Like, you're just, you're friends, you do everything together, you know, you hang out all the time and you're in, in each other's lives. And it can be hard to put up those boundaries and say, you know, I actually need some space or I don't want to talk about this or I'm needing more from you, you know. I think you think about having those conversations more with significant others. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to friends, I think it's a little harder and a little more uncomfortable. Yeah, because with significant others, it's like there's the societal norm of like what that relationship kind of looks like. But with friends, I feel like there's a lot of different ways that friendships can look. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever go into a friendship being like, these are my like set boundaries and my rules. I think it's more of as a friendship progresses, checking in with myself and saying like, is this friendship a positive or a negative influence on like my mental health, my personal growth, that kind of thing. And then if I'm noticing that it is more negative than positive, then kind of putting those boundaries in place of like, this isn't somebody that I'm going to go to with these kinds of problems or like somebody that I'm going to see more than 
two times a week if it's something that's like very draining on my emotions. Um, so I feel like for me, the boundaries tend to come in more later as the relationship is progressing or the friendship is progressing. Um, but yeah, I've had those conversations with friends that I've had for a very long time and they're, they're never fun or easy, mm-hmm. but I think that there's never been one that I've come away from that and been like, well, I feel worse. Totally. I um, agree. So I think that no matter how like uncomfortable it is going into that conversation, it's always worth it in the end, because if they are truly your friend, then they're going to care about what you have to say and they're going to listen. And if it's a change on their end or my end, if we really care about each other and our friendship, we're going to do our best to make that change happen. Um, so I think for me, it's the boundaries come in a little bit later once I've kind of determined like how good of a friend is this person. So it sounds like to me that like you're, you're making a um, progression and, within a friendship and as you figure out how this friendship's going to be that's when you're going to start to collaborate with this person of how those boundaries should end up um i want to go back and talk about what you said amara about set rules and and dive a little deeper into that because you said it's different for a friendship than a spouse um, also, it could be different for a friendship with then a coworker, right? Just to bring that back in of like with a coworker, there's kind of these unwritten rules that we know, right? As we progress to becoming friends, the relationship gets closer and you're more, for lack of a better term, more intimate as friends. So can we talk more about those set rules? I mean, I don't like to think of it as set rules, I guess. Yeah. I think kind of what Martha was saying is, I think each relationship, friendship, friend relationship is different and unique. And you have to gauge it as you continue to grow. I also think, you know, a big part of being friends is helping each other grow and learn. And I think putting up boundaries may support that friend in being more self-aware of themselves. I mean, sometimes like some of the things I've brought up with friends, they weren't even aware that they were doing. So I think putting up boundaries and having those difficult conversations can be teachable moments for everyone. And it also can allow that friend to bring something up to you that maybe they've been holding on to and haven't wanted to talk about. So I guess I don't like to think of it as rules as much as growth and learning together about Mm -hmm. how to be in a relationship, whether that's, you know, an intimate relationship or a friend relationship. Um, And I think a huge part of that is just open communication. I appreciate you saying that. Um, So with friendships, how does self-care play into that? That can be difficult. And so what I mean is how do you balance being able to put yourself first at times and take care of the, your needs while also maintaining a close uh, friendship with someone or a relationship with a spouse or significant other? Um, I feel like, cause for me, so like you were saying last time you're introverted 
And so you really need your alone time. I, I'm not like the most extroverted. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, so for me, I have those people that spending time with them is self-care because I know they're trusted people and safe that no matter what it is that we're doing, I'm going to come away from that time feeling refreshed. Um, and then there's also like those people that we have like figured out similar self-care that we have and then we'll do that together. So either like hiking, going and getting our nails done, like those kinds of things um, are not necessarily things that I love to do on my own all the time. It's enjoyable to do on my own, but if I have one of my like close friends with me, it's like even like it makes the self-care even more self-carey. <laughs> um, so I think that's a cool thing with friendships and relationships is finding those things that you can do together that is self-care for the both of you. Um, but yeah, I think when you're introverted, I have a partner currently who needs his alone time. And when we first started dating, I was like, wait a minute, you don't want to, you don't want to hang out with me. <laughs> but then I was like, no, that's not anything on me. That's him knowing himself well enough to say, I need to have some me time tonight and not be around any other humans. It's not that he doesn't want to be around me specifically. Um, so I think that's also, I think you kind of mentioned this last time of like not feeling pressure about what your self-care looks like or judging what other people's self-care looks like, but acknowledging that people have different types of self-care than me. And that's great. And that's also a way that I can learn and try different self-care. Totally. When I think of that, what you just said, I mean, there was so much growth in that situation for you and probably for him being able to express that mm -hmm. and for you being able to hear that and know that, okay, this isn't about me. Mm -hmm. You know, this is him. Yeah. The first time it was like, we were texting. He was like, would it be okay if I just hung out at home and had some me time tonight? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like you don't have to have my permission. You're a grown adult. Um, so that was kind of funny, but yeah, it's definitely like, as our relationship has progressed, it's something that I have to continually remind myself that it's, it's not about me. That's how he needs to reset and recharge. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys again. Um, this has been a fun topic and a fun conversation. Um, I don't know if you guys want to come back for a third and final time to talk about like. We've gone from coworkers to friends and spouses now getting even more um, deeper into family, which could be rough waters to navigate with emotional capacity. How do you guys feel about that? I feel great about it. <laughs> you guys are wonderful. Thank you again. Thank you. There are things we can do to take care of ourselves. And sometimes it takes time to figure it out. And that's okay. <laughs>